everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works Post Game Show. This is I Need No Name recording my first post game show of the calendar year, and I'm glad to be recording right after Bayern Munich have won because the last few games they were really getting the mood down. And some people like to say that I thrive off negativity, I like to be negative all the time, but honestly, I prefer analyzing these games these types of games are Bayern Munich completely blow away the opponent and there are a lot of good things to talk about so Bayern Munich beat one FSV Mainz 05 4-0 I am a little bit upset that we couldn't make it the proper 5-0 but you know uh, beggars can't be choosers especially with the form we've been in and well we are through to I think it's the quarterfinals of the DFB Pokal I don't think it's a semi-finals just yet. This was the round of 16. We are through to the quarterfinals, and this is the furthest we've been in a very long time in the DFB Pokal ever since the treble season. So, huge achievement by the team. Kudos to them. And, well, what do I have to say about the game? First of all, let's start with the lineup. So, lineup-wise, it was a huge risk by Julian Nagelsmann. First of all, he started with a back three. Benjamin Pavard on the right, Matthias Delict on the left, and Dieter Pumacano in the middle. This is not something I wanted to see again this season, especially after all our failed experiments with the back three in last season, and I will talk more about this later when I analyze the game itself, but let's just say that it was a bold choice, especially when you consider what he did next, which is that he benched Alfonso Davies, he put Kingsley Coman as the left wing back, and then Joao Cancelo, the guy we literally just signed not even 48 hours ago. Like, 48 hours ago, he was still a Manchester City player, but now he's here, and he was starting on the page today. That was... I know that Florian Plattenberg said when the transfer was going through that he was being signed to start against Mainz, but I never expected Nagelsmann to actually do that. His... Nagelsmann is really... I mean, he just does not give a... I can't say the word that I was going to say because this podcast has to be marked uh, safe and not explicit, but he just does not care. He will put whoever he thinks is good enough for the lineup into the lineup, permitting certain considerations that we might have to discuss. But yeah, Cancelo starting was a huge shock. And then you had the rest of the setup, which was Thomas Muller and Jamal Muziala once again starting together in midfield, but Yozua Kimmich behind them. Then there was Leroy Sané. And finally, Eric Maxim Chupamoting up top. During the game itself, I would characterize the formation as something more akin to a 3-1-4-2. Not exactly a 3-5-2, not something that you would see Antonio Conte field, but something much more offensively oriented. Cancelo himself, he was practically a winger in the setup. He did not have to do any defensive duties at all. Meanwhile, Kingsley Coman, I think the left wingback role actually suited him. It's interesting to think about because Coman has always been praised for his defensive ability as a winger, but conversely has always been criticized for his lack of goals and assists as an out-and-out forward. Playing as a left wingback, he gets more slack for his offensive output while also being an incredible offensive outlet for the team and also very good defending with his ability to recover and also his general ability to just work hard in winning the ball back. So because of that, the left wing back position might be something of a happy medium between a proper left fullback position for him and a left wing position for him because I think Coman is still not as good defensively to be a true left fullback like someone like Alfonso Davies but as a wingback in a back three setup it could work then you had how should I say it, the midfield you had Yuzua Kimmich 
kind of sitting in front of the back three and he was kind of linking the passes from the defense to the actual true what I would characterize as the midfield which was both Leroy Sané and Jamal Muziala. Now I would say that Mainz gave Muziala and Sané plenty of space to work with. They essentially did not contest the midfield so I'm not sure how much we can take out of this game with regard to the performance of the midfield in this setup but you had Chupa Moting and Thomas Muller starting up top and they played amazingly well off each other but Muller had an incredible game constantly getting into the right positions making the right passes the first goal was a bit of intricate play with Joao Cancelo getting what should I say kind of a 1v1 situation on his flank and he crossed it in and Chupamoting was there to easily I wouldn't say actually easily it was kind of an awkward finish but he managed to tap it in and make it 1-0 then Bayern actually made it 2-0 thanks to a bit of amazing link up between Jamal Muziala and Thomas Muller. This is what I've been talking about for a long time now that Muziala and Muller need to be together on the pitch to make things like this happen. Muziala has not been scoring or assisting in the games that he started so far in 2023 so it's good to see him back on the score sheet and I'm sure this will give him a lot of confidence. Then you had the third goal. Now this is the difference between this game and the games that we've seen before. In the games that we've seen earlier played by Bayern, what happened was Bayern would score one goal but then drop off and there was no incentive to really score that second goal and make and force the opponent team to come out and open up more space. That's not what happened today. Today we saw the team play with more intensity, more I don't know, just more sharpness. Some of that you can put down to Cancelo just being so good on his flank, but some of that was just more focused from the players. And I think all the criticism and all the increased intensity in training and all of that stuff that we got reports about, all of that might have actually rubbed off on the players a little and they must have recognized the gravity of the situation they were in because they were just hustling a lot more than we've seen from this team since the turn of the year. So Jamal Muziala was assisted by Thomas Muller. Then Thomas Muller again involved in the build-up. He sent a ball forward. And if you watch the way Muller sent that ball forward, you would think that it's just a completely miscued pass that is not going to land anywhere. But it was perfectly placed, actually, for Chupa Moting to collect it and then lay it off with a superb skill move to Leroy Sané, who was just perfectly positioned to slot it past the keeper. So amazing vision and link up by Chupa Moting but also I would point out this is one of those intangibles that Muller brings to the team pre-assists are not a stat I know that some websites tend to track them but they're not a stat that people take highly but that's the kind of thing that you can get from a guy like Muller being on the pitch it just makes everything else click so much better 3-0 into halftime is a good scoreline but Second half was a little bit of a struggle. Mainz made some substitutions, but I don't think the substitutions were the reason why Bayern seemed to drop off in the second half. I just think that the intensity was lowered by a few notches. You could see that the team was having a lot more trouble progressing ball, especially up the right-hand flank. Joao Cancelo, who was probably the best player of the first half, did not look anywhere near as secure in the second. And it was a good idea to sub him off as well as Thomas Muller for Ryan Gravenberch and who was it again? Gravenberch came on and I think it was Alfonso Davies. Anyway, by sub- subbing those two on, it was a little bit more, I don't know, I wouldn't say it was more controlled, but at least Bayern had slightly something else going on. Then there were more subs made and eventually 
Alphonse Davies scored thanks to a cross from Kimmich, and it ended 4-0. In terms of just overall observations, I would say, first of all, back three. I am not sure about the setup, okay? Mainz allowed Bayern Munich to play through the middle with basically complete freedom. Kimmich was not put under any pressure whatsoever, and I don't think any other team in the world will give Bayern that kind of freedom to play in the middle. I think this setup caught Mainz a little bit off guard. I don't think Bose Svensson was expecting it, and the novelty of it wore off by the second half, which might explain why Mainz seems a lot more, I won't say a lot better, but at least a lot more prepared to deal with what Bayern was throwing at them. The passing channels seemed a lot more congested, and it was much more difficult for guys like Cancelo and Kimmich to really find those progressive passes into the feet of the forwards. That's why I think that Bayern just did not really seem to get into the game as much in the second half. On top of that, there is just this pervasive loss of intensity and concentration in the second half that we've seen throughout games since the World Cup. I don't know if this is just a lingering mental thing from the World Cup because they've had, like the players themselves have had more than enough time to get over it physically. They've had so much time to rest and you can be sure that the physio team has done a superb job getting them fit again for the new Bundesliga season like the recontinued one but it's just like mentally they always seem to be like just a little bit slower a little bit more sloppy in second halves and that almost cost us today we did not concede any goals and I think that's mainly down to scoreboard pressure because Mainz were forced into much more rushed attacks and Bayern could just afford to take their time at the back simply because we came into the second half 3-0 up instead of 1-0 up if it was 1-0 up psychologically I think the game could have easily tilted in Mainz's favor once we dropped off and gave the, what should I say, gave the momentum straight back to them. This could hurt us in games going forward. As for individual performances, highlights include Thomas Muller, whose role I've discussed already. This game really proves that he and Jamal Muziala can coexist together on a pitch. And I just don't know why that random, what should I call it, that random narrative got started that Muller needs to be benched for Muziala and it doesn't make any sense because today we saw Muziala back to his best and a lot of that was down to the fact that Muller was there not just creating space for him but also serving as someone that he could aim for with his own passes. He had like at least three key passes to Muller that were just slightly under hit which didn't allow Muller to finish them but it was just a very touch and go thing. I think Muller should have scored at least one of those chances but he didn't. But if it keeps going like this, you're going to see a lot of Muziala and Muller link up plays as long as Nagelsmann keeps fielding them on the pitch together. Then there was Joao Cancelo. Manchester City, I don't know why they told us this guy didn't even ask for a transfer fee when they did so. Like Pep Guardiola, he's doing us so many favors. He first of all alienated Sané and now he's alienated this guy. And pouncing on him was probably a transfer coup by Brazo. He did not do much of any defending today, which is good because when he was forced to defend, he was adequate, not exactly a world beater. But conversely, he was incredible in attack. I saw him described as the most complete offensive fullback on the planet in the comment section of our game thread. And I have to agree because his offensive output is not just someone like... Um, who should I compare him to? Someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold, who generally creates chances with amazing crossing. Cancelo had his cross to Chupamoting that resulted in the goal, but there were also moments in the game where he was passing forward into the feet of 
guys like Thomas Muller finding through balls, line-breaking passes into the feet of forwards, great link-up play, and just good positioning sense and passing sense in the final third. That's the kind of thing that we miss from our fullbacks this season, except for Mats Rauhi, who is now going to, like, I think that he's going to be comfortable taking his time recovering from this pericarditis thing because Cancelo seems to have that side of the field locked down for now. Then you have, what should I say, the setup itself. I think that it could have been better served if we had instead of a back three, a 4-2-3-1 with the two centre-backs being Dilek and Pavard, obviously. Normal Alfonso Davies on the left. Maybe Kingsley Coman could play there sometimes. I don't know. But Alfonso Davies, who I guess was rested today, I guess he needed the rest. And you could have Joshua Kimmich playing in between the two centre-backs. That's almost like a pseudo-back three. Because one of the problems with the back three today was playing out from the back. The two defenders that we had, generally trying to attempt anything risky. Delict and Upa, they regularly made mistakes. Regularly their passes were intercepted and cut off. And I think that they really needed help from one more guy, someone like Kimmich, to just be there as not just a ball carrier and someone to link offense to defense, but also to just be someone who can serve as an outlet for their own passing. Because as good as they are, they're not actually midfielders. And we can't expect them to do the job of one while also being central defenders. So I would say a 4 2 3 one. So with Kimmich as a proper deep-line defender, I'm sorry, defensive midfielder, and jo- and Leon Goretzka playing as a box-to-box, kind of linking offense and defense, I think that's a more ideal setup for Bayern Munich. I don't want to see the back three experiment once again tried in 2023, especially after how we saw it end in 2022. So then how would the attack shape up? I would say that Leroy Sané, the role he played today, he was basically a midfielder. He wasn't exactly like with Cancelo being such an out-and-out offensive presence. He was more like a winger. So then it was Sané who was often lying deeper and lying more centrally and playing the one-twos with Muziala, playing off of Muller and just trying to get balls up pitch into the either into the feet of Chupo or into positions where Sane himself could shoot it resulted in his goal and I think it's a very solid role for him that does not for change clash with either Muziala or Muller on the pitch I would say Muziala he could play this exact same role with Alfonso Davies as a left fullback and him playing the same exact thing that we saw today with him playing kind of a free role behind the striker with him exchanging off Muller and I would like to see that continued exactly then there is the striker Eric Maxson Chupamoting. I just need to point out that there has been a lot of discussion about Chupamoting and his abilities. And I know that like there is a lot of controversy about the contract that might be offered to him and whether Bayern should extend his contract or not. This is not about that. I'm just saying that for Bayern's goals this season to be met, Chupamoting is more than good enough as striker. Because if you give him service, if you give him quality service in the game, he will convert it, okay? That is just what you want from a striker. As long as you give him like two, three good crosses in the game, he will get at least one goal. And he is incredible at link-up play. Maybe at least as good as Lewandowski, if not more. So with that kind of talent up top, he might not have to be the best striker in the world because he's surrounded by guys like Thomas Muller, Leroy Sané, Jamal Muziala. That it's more than enough for Bayern Munich to overwhelm any defense in the world as long as the tactics are correct. And today the tactics were correct. They were a lot more simplified. Bayern played a lot more through balls, a lot more direct passes, a lot more crosses. 
in comparison to the last game, we saw a lot less of those intricate, overcomplicated passing maneuvers that were constantly breaking down attacks. And overall, it was just, in terms of freshness and sharpness, just a huge breath of fresh air. And this is the kind of game I love to see. I should point out just an underrated aspect of the game. First of all, Dennis Itakin, he was good today. He actually carded Mainz players when they stepped out of line and he actually gave a red card where it was appropriate and he even sent off Bo Svensson, though sending off a Bo Svensson, I'm not exactly sure why he was sent up, but whatever. I can't complain when the opposition's coach is sent off. And well, if we had a referee like that against Eintracht Frankfurt, they would not have been able to get away with like half of the fouls that they made in that game. Second is the fact that Mainz just had a better pitch and it let us pass a lot better than we saw at the Allianz Arena. It's kind of concerning to me that like Bayern plays are almost neutered at their own home ground this season because the pitch is so bad. I hope that the NFL gave Bayern enough compensation to fix up the pitch a little bit more because right now it's looking very sloppy for the pitch of a top club, especially a club like Bayern who relies on passing to create chances. And finally, my final takeaway from this game is... A simple note on how we pass and our passing ability. I think there's something going wrong at Bayern Munich training because you look at our best passes today. It was Cancelo and Deli Blind, okay? I'm not talking about our passing from a pass accuracy or percentage standpoint. Those stats don't mean anything, okay? Just on the way that these guys can pass, they just seem to have it a little bit faster, a little bit smoother than what our current players are able to do. And that just kind of makes me wonder, what are these guys doing in training? Because our best passes right now are the guys who just randomly showed up from two very good passing teams in Manchester City and Ajax. And meanwhile, you have Upamecano, who at the World Cup was literally the best passing centre-back in the world. He has been missing passes left and right. It makes me feel like we just don't emphasise clean, precision passing in our training enough and that seems like a weakness because something that was pointed out during the game thread is that Mainz were winning a lot of second balls. They did not really convert them into anything worthwhile but it's something to look out for in upcoming games. So that's pretty much all of what I have to take away from this game. That is all I have to say so thank you for listening. This was I Need No Name reviewing Bayern Munich's 4-0 win over Mainz. Uh, Our next podcast will be probably the weekend warm-up, which will also be a preview show for our game against Wolfsburg. Stay tuned for that. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much any podcasting platform. Follow us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks. Check out our match observations, our match awards, and all the rest of our discussion on our blog. So thank you for listening and good night.